Welcome back. You may have noticed a lot of construction activity going on on Broad Streets here in Quincy, right across from the current Father Bill's homeless shelter. That is the new Yankee Housing Resource Center that is going up to replace the emergency shelter. Pat Ronan, the Director of Community Relations for Father Bill's in Mainspring, is joining us uh, remotely today, feeling a little bit under the weather, but not so bad, Pat, that you can't uh, take some time to chat with us. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much, Joe, for, for having me. It's always a pleasure to connect with you and your audience and being flexible today um, with the remote option. <laughs> Not a problem. That is, uh, you know, the new normal here <laughs> for the yeah. past two years, I think, uh, is with us for the foreseeable future as well. Uh, but as I mentioned, a lot of uh, construction activity that's uh, going on with your new Yankee Housing Resource Center. But before we talk about that, maybe we should do a little refresh as to what exactly is happening to replace the emergency shelter um, on Broad Street. Yeah, Joe, so um, you know, over 10 years ago, our agency, Father Bills in Mainspring, um, took a hard look at our strategic plan. And our mission has always been to end homelessness, not just manage it. And so, um, as you know, um, Father Bill's place on Broad Street, Street in Quincy um, is a former RMV building um, I think about 7,700 square feet, one, one floor, not exactly the ideal location for a shelter or really for a place where people can come and get the services they need to, um, you know, get back on their feet. So uh, we always were looking at trying to change the model. And uh, so we came up with the plan based on our own research and best practices for a housing resource center, which essentially would replace the overnight shelter model with a day center. Um, so no longer would people just be coming to our services at night um, for a bed and a meal and then leave in the morning. Um, you know, we will still continue to provide that service, but we knew that we needed to provide more in order to really um, get ahead of someone's crisis and help them avoid staying in the shelter. So, uh, the day center model is something we've been working on now, um, you know, like I said, for over a decade, but really in earnest for the last five years or so. And um, as you know, as you talked about in the news roundup, uh, the city of Quincy, um, their plans to build a new public safety uh, headquarters um, was coming and, and, and uh, was gonna involve our, our property, which is city owned property. And so we saw that as an opportunity and the city did as well to, to uh, relocate and move forward with our new day center model. Um, and so that's what you're seeing take shape now across the street at 39 Broad Street. Um, it's a two phase project. Phase one is a two story 15,700 square foot building that would house the day center, which would include a healthcare clinic, access to technology, a library, um, case management, um, meeting rooms, co-located services, um, a dining hall, and then we would still have the emergency shelter, um, hopefully with you know reduced bed stays because of the day center. And then the second phase, which um, will be a little bit staggered, a few months behind, is a four-story, 20,000 square foot building, and that would contain 30 permanent supportive housing units um, for formerly homeless guests. So. Um, that's the Yaki Housing Resource Center in a, in a nutshell. Um, we're very excited about it. The community has been tremendous in their support. Uh, the city, Mayor Koch, the city council, they've been supportive um, 
you know, both with their, their time and resources to make sure that this project can happen um, on time and it works within the, um, the timeline for the public safety headquarters. And as I mentioned, um, construction is well underway and we can uh, show some uh, folks some uh, current photos of what the scene looks like uh, right now as I ask you to explain a little bit about um, the various funding sources, Pat, that had to be put together to make this project a reality. Sure. Well, as you're showing the photos, I know that these are from a recent uh, tour. Actually, two nights ago, our board of directors had a chance to go down and check out the property. And, and, and as you'll see, um, it's, it's coming along nicely. Uh, uh, Delbrook JKS is doing a tremendous job um, with the construction. Um, and so we're really we're getting close to a topping off ceremony for that first building. Um, which we're hoping we're hoping will we'll be opening um, by late spring of 2023. So, um, you know, things are moving along. And for the funding, it's a 24 million dollar property in total. And um, the state was very generous with funding um, to, you know, take on a majority of the costs. And then we had to privately raise. Uh, I, I should mention that the city of Quincy is also contributing as well. Um, one million dollars and from their affordable housing trust and of course the the land itself is city-owned land so we have a lease with the city of Quincy um, which we're very grateful for uh, and then we have a campaign called a path home which is to raise funding to to basically fill the gaps to make sure that not only can we build the development but also that we can sustain the services and the programs on site um, and I'm very happy to say that our goal for, for the campaign was $10 million and we are almost there. Uh, we're at $9.8 million right now. Um, so if you round up, we're there. Um, that's right. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's not how it works. Um, so just I want to, you know, point out some of the very generous supporters locally in the Quincy area, the Arbella Insurance Foundation, Quincy Mutual Group. South Shore Bank, the Flatley Foundation, Eastern Bank, Rockland Trust, Blue Hills Charitable um, Foundation, um, and of course the Yaki Foundation, uh, for which the building is named, um, very generous with a $2 million uh, gift. So we have just been blessed, and the community has really rallied around this initiative as well. Um, you know, with small donations and, and also just calls to be like, hey, how can we help out? How can we be part of this new model, whether it's through volunteering or even through advocacy? Um, we've been very, very lucky um, and fortunate to have the community support behind this project because it's a bold plan. And, you know, at a time where, you know, the pandemic arrived and um, construction costs increasing, it's, it's a unique time to be building something like this. Uh, but we've been able to get it done because of our our wonderful community. And I know uh, initially the plan was uh, to relocate the emergency shelter to a temporary location until the resource center was complete, but that's not the case now, right? It is not. And we are, um, you know, grateful to the city of Quincy that they said, you know, you can continue to operate at Father Bill's place, um, which is at 38 Broad until the new housing resource center is open, which will be in late spring. And at, at that point, we will be relocating the shelter to 39 Broad Street. And then, um, yeah, so no temporary shelter needed. 
um, which is great not only for our guests and our staff, um, you know, but just logistically, um, it's a much smoother process. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm thinking about, I mean, it seems like such a simple, basic premise, right? Give homeless people a place to go 24 hours a day. Um, yet, this seems to be um, kind of a model, uh, started right here in Quincy, that, uh, that has not taken hold in other parts of the state or the country, right? Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because it really is, when we say innovative, I think that word is used a lot. And, um, but this truly is kind of, you know, we're ahead of the game here. And I think a lot of different organizations in the state and across the country are going to be looking at this development in Quincy and seeing, wow, is this something that can be replicated? Um, and in fact, we are replicating it ourselves already. We're going to be moving forward with the project to build a new housing resource center in Brockton to replace our existing sh emergency shelter there. So, um, you know, we're hope we're hoping that this will, you know, serve as a national model. And, and, and like you said, it doesn't seem like it would be, you know, it seems like common sense to provide 24 seven resources, but um, we are a nonprofit and um, we rely on public resources. And, you know, up until now we've been funded for overnight services and people come to us at 6 p.m. with the they need a place to stay, but that's not really conducive to connecting with those individuals, finding out where they're coming from, what services they need. Um, you know, instead, and so and they leave in the morning and they go out in the community, they go to the library, and um, you know, we think, well, why don't we create a one-stop shop at our day center? So we can help them, we can connect them to our case managers, we can bring in other services and experts in the fields, whether it's uh, behavioral health, um, addiction um, support, domestic violence support, bring those to our facility. And so people can, you know, have a place to go. And I think it's a it's really a win win, not only for the people who <clears throat> rely on our services, but the community as a whole, um, that there's this place where we have consolidated streamlined services. Yeah, to that, to that end, can you talk a little bit about, I know that you're forming, um, already have a strong partnership with Manit Community Health Center, right? Yeah, uh, Manit Community Health Center will be um, operating our healthcare clinic on site, which is tremendous. Manit does, you know, amazing work. Um, certainly, we, we, were, we all stood by and, and watched in awe uh, as they responded to the uh, pandemic. And, and so we're so grateful to them for, for coming in and, and operating this healthcare clinic because we believe that healthcare, well, homelessness is a healthcare issue. Um, we've seen the studies and we've, we've, we've crunched our own numbers and you know people who are experiencing homelessness are much more likely to be relying on um, emergency rooms and you know um, other emergency resources, um, and and so we believe that having that healthcare component at our housing resource center is going to be critical. That someone can come and get you know the resources to help them stabilize, maybe find employment, uh, find uh, subsidies for you know rental assistance, but also connect with the clinic because a majority of our guests. Are dealing with some sort of, um, you know, physical um, disability or you know are immunocompromised. So I think it really goes hand in hand our services 
that we're, uh, we're, we're very grateful that Manit will be a part of this project. In the, in the short term, Pat, um, given the current state of the economy, um, inflation, predictions of spiking energy costs this coming winter, are you seeing that manifest itself right now? And are you concerned about that in the short term? We are, for sure. I mean, we're seeing uh, individuals and families coming to our, our doors who have never experienced or been at risk of homelessness before, and it's heartbreaking. Um, you know, I think with the economy right now, coming out of the pandemic, people are struggling to meet their basic needs. You know, whether it's they're paying for childcare or groceries or gas to get to work and back, people are really stretched thin. So we are seeing in housing courts uh, and certainly people coming to our shelters, um, you know, individuals who, who just never thought they would end up at a shelter or be at risk and in need of help. So with the, you know, cold temperatures coming and our numbers, as you know, Joe, increase anyways in the winter months, um, we are already starting to see, I mean, uh, we in Quincy, recently are between Father Bill's place and we're still operating the satellite site uh, at the Ramada Inn in Dorchester, uh, which we've been operating you know, for over a year now as part of the depopulation efforts with COVID-19. We're already seeing over 160 um, guests between those two sites. And so usually we'd be seeing those numbers in like the, um, you know, the real depths of winter. Um, so to see those numbers already before the cold weather arrives is, is I think a signal that we're in for some tough times, but it, it really feels like tough times has been the name of the game here for a lot of, a lot of organizations and human service groups. So we're ready for it and um, we'll make sure that no one has to sleep outside in the cold and that um, you know, anyone who needs the support and care will, will have a place to go. Are there um, efforts, Pat, or will there be efforts to kind of head homelessness off at the pass, if you will, to reach out to the community before they get into a crisis situation? And, and how will that work? Through the new resource center or, or even now? Uh, through the new resource center. Yeah, so, and the work has already started for us. So the new model, the new service delivery model that will really be housed at the Yaki Housing Resource Center, um, the major component of that is a triage department. So that involves outreach workers who are out uh, in the community, identifying people who are sleeping outdoors, trying to get them shelter and connect them to resources, and then also prevention and a diversion specialist. So those staff really are, you know, connecting with people who, who come in early, hopefully before they even need shelter. Right. And so, you know what, I may not make rent next month. I lost my job or I'm having a, a, you know, a family crisis and I don't have a place to stay. They're coming to us before um, and our diver diversion and prevention specialists can work with them and say, okay, um, you know, do you have a family member you can stay with in the meantime? Or, you know, maybe you qualify for this benefit that's offered that could help you keep up with your rent so you're not coming into the shelter. So that work's already happening. Okay. Um, we already have the triage department, which we started um, in 2021, uh, and it's only gonna grow and build up more with the new resource center. And not only is that the most humane response is to get ahead of the housing crisis, but it's the most cost-effective as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's much more costly to, to go into emergency shelter 
than to provide that upfront service uh, and benefit that would help avoid the emergency stay. And also, you know, plays right into um, the goal of, that you've stated of ending homelessness, right? So the best way to end it is not to let it start. Absolutely. Yep. Um, you know, I think ending homelessness really is preventing homelessness. And that is our goal is to, you know, Johnny Eswinski, our CEO, you know, always says the goal that Father Bill McCarthy said, you know, the goal is to take down the sign at Father Bill's place, which means that this emergency shelter is no longer needed, that we live in a community that doesn't need emergency shelter beds. Um, now, that's obviously, you know, a lofty goal. And, you know, there may always be a need for overnight shelter, but like really trying to reduce the number of beds for emergency purposes. And if people need to stay with us, let's um, reduce their length of stay, mm -hmm. you know, so we can connect them with the resources and get them housed more quickly. That's the goal. Um, and we can only do it um, with an amazing staff, which we're so, you know, fortunate to have in, in community support. Um, and, and, you know, it's the, the fight is ongoing and we're very excited about the future with these housing resource centers. But we know that, um, you know, we're we're in it we're in it to end homelessness, not just to keep the status quo. Just a minute or so left, Pat, but I wanted to ask you, uh, October is right right in front of us. Uh, the holiday's not far off. What are uh, plans uh, for getting through the holiday season at Father Bill's? Well, thank you for asking that. Um, yeah, it's hard to believe we're already talking about the holidays, but um, and we are planning for Thanksgiving. Um, as you know, we've we've had our community meal at Christ Church now for over 30 years, and in recent years, it's been scaled down. Or uh, at least in 2020, we didn't have the community meal. Last year, we opened it up a little bit, and this year, we're going to be really uh, returning to the. Um, your bigger scale community dinner at Christ Church. So we'll be getting more information on our website and our social media channels, uh, helpfbms.org. But um, yeah, we're gonna be looking for volunteer, uh, volunteer groups, uh, donors, um, to make sure that not only can we host the community dinner, but we're gonna uh, expand our meal delivery option as well. So if any individual or family cannot make it to our community meal on Thanksgiving, we will have volunteers um, driving meals out to those individuals, you know, homes or apartments to make sure, uh, you know, everyone can celebrate the holiday and have a, a Thanksgiving dinner. That's great. So we'll try to have uh, John and or you back before then to remind folks about that. Uh, but I wanted to thank you for spending some time with us uh, today. I hope you're feeling uh, a little better <laughs> into next week and, uh, and joining us remotely. I appreciate the, the opportunity. Thank you. I. I didn't sneeze during the entire interview, <laughs> so I consider it a smashing success for that reason. Yeah. Well, well, market has checked off. Thanks, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> Good to Thank talk you so much and for all your support. You and QATV are just a tremendous partner, and uh, the community of Quincy is very lucky to have you. Oh, thank you for saying that. We appreciate that, and uh, we'll catch up again soon.